I, I signed up for the ride. You know, I didn't know what I was going to get with Roger, but I signed up for it. So wh whatever he wants, wherever he wants to go, I'm going to do it. I may tease him about it, just as he teases me, but I, I'm still willing to go to the outer regions if he's looking for something. And sometimes, honestly, after take 18, um, some new realization does occur. It's surprising. I didn't expect it, but it did, you know. And I think I think we've gone to some places together that that are are exciting. Welcome to Heat Seeking Panther. Welcome back. I'm Miles. I'm this Dave. is Dave. Um, today we're talking about 2011's Seeking Justice. Produced by Toby Maguire. F I'm glad you remembered that because I forgot. I wrote it down. I think, uh, it, I think it's a <laughs> fact of note. That <laughs> I want to know why, but I kind of don't want to know why. This was a special one because we just watched it because uh, we couldn't find it anywhere else on the internet. Uh, there's it's not streaming anywhere i couldn't pirate it um we had to rent it from uh amazon and rather than spending four dollars we spent two dollars to watch it at the same time yes uh, and and now we're coming in hot like i this movie I is I, fresh in my mind i also accidentally almost bought it yeah I meant to rent it. I almost bought it. And Amazon asked if I was sure. And then I noticed that I, I had clicked <laughs> like, purchase. And I, I was haven't like, seen no. it yet, but I, I am definitely sure I don't want that. <laughs> and I have seen it and I still am sure that I don't <laughs> yeah. want that. You know, uh, this, is, this is really refreshing though, because this is the first in a string where I feel like it's a little underrated. I agree. You know? I agree. Like I was not expect. I was expecting... Okay. I was uh, expecting much worse than we yeah. got. Also much different than we got. Yeah. Because, I mean, dry, I mean, Drive Angry and Season of the Witch, both as both of our guests can attest, like the posters make those movies look cool. <laughs> and yet those movies were not very good. Um, but this one, I think, was dumped to dvd i think this was direct to dvd or it had a extremely limited run and uh if it was if it had come out now it would just be like straight to some streaming yeah, service it would be like a vod right right i feel like this movie could have got a wide release like it's not it's, it's not a lost classic no. by any means but i was it was good it was it, pretty it good, was a good for what it is yeah like I, I, there's a lot that like is stupid or doesn't make sense. I mean, the thing is like it, it's got a really good concept, like base concept. And then you start getting into the logistics of like how it all works. And, uh, it had it, craft. I'll say yeah. that there was craft. There involved. was craft. And, and so this is directed by Roger Donaldson, who's not a household name, but he directed, uh, Dante's peak. He directed Species, one of the best uh, sleazy uh, alien exploitation movies. He directed uh, Cocktail. Tom Cruise? Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, 
some movie with Kevin Costner that I am forgetting, but that people seem to like on the internet when I was looking him up. Um, Oh, Waterworld. You're thinking of Waterworld. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, wait, Field of Dreams. That's the one, right? (laughs) Oh, oh. And before this, he directed Anthony Hopkins in The World's Fastest Indian if you remember oh, I that. remember that movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a very different movie than this. Yes, that's yes. strange. This is like Dante's peak level of good to bad ratio. Maybe sure. like a, maybe a little less uh, grand, grandly ridiculous, but like yeah, maybe a little yeah. less. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I there. I mean the one the one thing. So the rest of that Cage video clip, what he talks about the. Um, in that interview is like uh, that Roger Donaldson is just really into uh, cameras and shooting with like handheld little tiny cameras. And he, he mentions, he's like, we have a really good focus puller on this movie, which is not something anybody ever talks yeah, about. In but I guess that's the press. kind of, that's the sort of skill you need to be able to handle these kind of like handheld. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, it's good. The camera's constantly moving and it's constantly doing like zooming in on like people's eyes mm-hmm. and stuff like really weird close ups. There was camera movement within each shot. And like the, the I, I don't even know if I can remember a single static shot no, in the whole film. No, I don't think there is. And it's like, it's definitely distracting. It's def- it's like, it reminded me a little bit of Battlefield Earth just in that like every shot seems to start as a Dutch angle and most of them just remain Dutch angles. But a lot of them like sort of like it starts super slanted and then the camera kind of like go, <laughs> goes normal, which is like, and you pointed out like that for most, but most of this actual what's happening on screen is, is just people in like blandly lit rooms, like walking around looking nervous or confused it's, or just talking to each other. It's, it's really excessive. So there's no like the, um, there, there's no, the, the camera movement. There's not really any action with the exception of the couple like chases there's a couple, or, like, or yeah. there's a couple scenes yeah, like that, but, but, but all the stuff in between is, yeah. are, are shots that don't warrant the no, excessive the, camera movements and focus that is happening. I, I think like film in film school, they'd say that like the camera's not motivated to do those things by and anything yet, in the action. And like yet it was still interesting it, in a way I wasn't, it's got character. To yeah. It. It, and, and I think that's kind of what I mean by it had craft right is that i don't necessarily mean that it's the sort of thing where you know yes the camera was drawing attention to itself yes there seemed to be you know like experimentation for experimentation's sake right but it didn't bother me well and yeah and and i'll take that over um just like workman like you know sure. just anonymous looking sure. uh sh- film uh, cinematography or whatever like you know the the i mean the what it, it ended up communicating was just sort of a general just like unease that yeah, just like everything, everything was off center everything is bit. is tense and weird and like Which you know works. just yeah it works i mean you're just basically hitting that same note through the whole movie that's not as uh artful as you know uh lots of other ways to do it but it works and it does have like character so roger donaldson good on you 
So, so the, the like central conceit is that a, the, a woman gets raped, his wife in this case gets raped, which as a cinematic conceit, I think I speak for a lot of people as being like really tiresome at this Extremely point. Extremely tiresome. It's just like so fucking hacky and adds eh. to a shitty yeah. cultural conversation. It's just like whatever. But what I think is cool about this movie is that so he he's well, especially since the rest of the movie had nothing to do with her or her. Yeah, recovery. no, she's just a, a like device. Her, yeah, her rape was just a device to to base, you know right. to basically plunge Cage into this world of underground mystery and intrigue. Right. No, but here's here's what's at least interesting about that is that I think this movie ends up being kind of a, a criticism, uh, though, of this that kind of like vigilante response and i mean i don't want to get too ahead of it of uh, us kind of laying it out but i feel like this movie is a it's about the how poisonous that like mindset is that you get a bunch of, <laughs> of volunteer vigilantes yeah. who, and it just descends into uh just like P- power grabbing and posturing and just like blindly like it, it authoritarianism basically. Sure. And then also the, the insidiousness of having those kinds of people operating in, you know, normal everyday jobs. Like right. one of them is a school administrator. One of them is a Lieutenant in the police department. Right. Uh, you know, and then some, another guy at the end is a reporter at a major newspaper. I mean, yeah. there's these sort of ideas where, you know, you start out for a reason. I think you could probably get a lot of people on board mm-hmm. with, like rapists, child sure. molesters, murderers are terrible people and deserve to to be punished. Right. But then, you know, that sort of turns into a getting anyone that's in your way out of your way by any means necessary. And and just just what happens when you get a bunch of people with a vigilante mindset together into a group with any sort of like structure, Unchecked you know, beyond, beyond just yeah. like, they're not like a roving band of vigilantes just like doing what they want. It becomes, yeah, authoritarianism, which is like, it's, like a, sm- yeah. it's smart. There's like a smart conceit there and, and it, it treats that I think pretty well, even if like the kind of ins and outs of the, the actual organization and everything is kind of like foggy and, and yeah, that was more interesting than I expected. So, okay. So what this, you know, the actual plot is he's a high school English teacher, mild mannered high school English teacher with just like the worst goatee. You described it as the donut I, hole, Steven Seagal look. It is. It's just like a round circle of facial hair, like yeah. the, around the lips. Like yeah. it's like, it's like a goatee and a mustache that connect yeah. and then, and then they, they don't move up the cheek at all yeah but just in a circle it looks like he's he's kissing the middle of a chocolate donut it's extremely distracting (laughs) extremely distracting and his wife uh as i was saying his the the hair on top of his head is is tamed in comparison to the last couple films we've seen yeah but the facial hair more than makes up for it His wife is played by January Jones. Um, it's so I and mean just a thankless soul right. sucking role, right? Which is not and new for, for like the female counterparts in a Nick Cage film to get like kind of a shitty role. But she's good. But she's a good. Actress. She's a good actress. She who, makes she makes good choices in the roles and the types of projects mm-hmm, she takes mm-hmm. on. So I don't know what happened here. No, she gives a really not good performance. I mean, like that's. I feel like I try to 
point out when uh, other actresses have been just stuck in just shitty roles in in these in the past, doing their best in shitty, thankless roles. But January Jones does not rise to the occasion. She she tries, and you know that's fine. Like, like maybe 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 we're holding her too accountable. Maybe I, yeah. I I, I it's feel still like, just a shitty like yeah. like two dimensional role that she's asked to fill out. I mean nobody nobody in this film. To be honest, has she's the three only dimensions. Char- she's the only female character in the movie. Yeah, like, she's like, the, like, the only one with a name and the only one who does literally anything. Yeah, and yeah. that anything is well, is, yeah, it's, it's not to a be lot. a victim. Yeah, yeah. right. And it, it's not to say that that's an asset of the, but but like in a movie that I feel like ends up kind of critiquing masculinity in a way it at least like makes sense in this case right. it, um, it is this is a movie about men this sort of revenge fantasies um but played out uh in a real controlled sense um and how just uh actually scary and fucked up and toxic that is so i don't know it was like the camera angle it didn't it didn't, it didn't bother me as much as it could have but they so they live in like a the New Orleans. New Orleans. Gets which gets pointed out a lot. Which I uh that gets pointed out a lot. It feels like this movie took place in New Orleans, like genuinely. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't an arbitrary city that they no. chose. Well and and it's also it's not it they don't shoot it like tourists. Right. Like because it takes place in New Orleans, but like beyond a couple of you see like kind of like parade stuff happening in the in the on the street in the background maybe of a shot but it's mostly all just these like drab blank kind of area overpasses yeah. you know like regular neighborhoods downtown shots like it's not you're right it's, right it, it 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 doesn't feel like it exploits new orleans right. at all yeah and and yet there is this again so there's this like through line of their characters just like uh, unprompted just being like new orleans man the city city's going to hell i wonder (laughs) if like any of that was kind of wrapped up and this is something i thought of toward the end you know when guy pierce was giving his whole diatribe about Mm -hmm. why he started doing what he's doing and i was wondering like could you read a sort of like post katrina trauma into into this i I mean i I you know like 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 watching your city fall apart and descend into chaos and and no one seemingly caring about it or trying to help it right rise above well i mean that's uh, i mean uh, bad lieutenant kind of explores a lot of that in a movie that's like not explicitly about katrina but is yeah it's a, it, about exactly that and that's a better smarter more artful movie than this but i do think that that's a part of it and you know not to harp on this but what's interesting is that it it explores that and then the that you then the but you have a bunch of rich mostly white men in in have just like amp riling each other up being like this fucking city man someone's got to do something and it's like you guys are the the actual you guys are the real problem there it's like nobody everybody killing reporters that are trying to tell the truth right you know it's like this movie doesn't show anybody else causing really any problems. I mean, there's, they, they talk about this like string of unsolved deaths, which I just assume is connected to the group. But otherwise, I mean, there's like the young black teenagers that, uh, Kate Nicholas cage teaches 
And the worst that they do is like spray some graffiti on the school and then, but they're like, fine, they're chilling. Like the, the movie itself has, doesn't go out of its way to actually make New Orleans look like it's in chaos right, or right. dangerous in any way. Like, which but, honestly, to be fair, that's not really the point of the movie. So like maybe they felt like they didn't need to waste too much time on it. But well, and again, like I, it's almost, it, it, it makes it more interesting in a way because then you just have a bunch of characters just being like, this city is dangerous and kind of like yeah. hyping themselves up right. almost, right. you know, cause the, the city itself does not feel like, I mean, I guess January Jones's character gets raped, but it's like, but did, but, but, but was that, that happens a happens in any major city. And was that a, a part of what the organization was doing? Like, no, you know, right, wh- where right. they, was that, it, it wasn't, pull- yeah, it wasn't specifically like women's justice either. It mm-hmm. was just like bad people that the system let go. Right. You know? Right. Anyway, so we're getting, sorry, so, we, but we still haven't explained what's yeah. going on. So, uh, the, they're this urban couple, this terrible thing happens. Um, and Cage is approached in the hospital by Guy Pierce, looking. It's a bad look for Guy Pierce. He's it, almost not completely a- <laughs> hairless. He looks like a baby bird. <laughs> it's <laughs> weird. He he need his his look is not. The 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 totally shaved head look is not something Guy Pierce no. should ever experiment with. Again. Yeah, it, it's it, he he's looks like, like a, an ill-fitting gray suit. It, yeah. It's just really this tailored yeah. suit and and like gold chain, and then he looks kind of like a dick pic. Like not necessarily like just like a, a penis, but like the most unflattering kind of like shot of a penis. <laughs> it's bad. But he approaches Cage um, and uh, literally says that he works for an organization that is helping people who are seeking justice and uh, that they know who the rapist is, the guy who raped his wife, that he's been out of, uh, he recently got out on parole or something in any way. Um, If Cage wants them to, they'll kill him. And all Cage has to do to signal them is pull two forever candy bars out of the uh, vending machine in the hospital, which is a unnecessarily weird system. Yeah, which also that scene lasts the so tension. Long. The tension of that scene for what actually happens is <laughs> extremely. It's like way too high, you know. Just Dutch angles of yeah. him insulting like crumpled sl- yeah. like dollar bills into the machine. Like walking slowly across the room to the vending machine, looking over his shoulder every five seconds <laughs> yeah. as if something's about to jump out at him, and then he just gets the candy bars and then leaves the room you know like there's yeah. no i mean he sees a weird dude in the corner i guess but that's it and then he just leaves the room it takes forever yeah it's yeah uh, um i do i i so i'm not sure if the guy who raped january jones if he's supposed to be a part of the if he was like part of like like someone in the organization hired him to do it because it seems weird that guy pierce would show up night of and be like we know who did that we, and we know their history and we know where they live. I mean, maybe Almost the organization as if keeping tabs on every everybody. single um, major violent crime that happens right. around the city and they get to them before the cops do, which seems extremely unlikely. Yeah. And are also, they keeping tabs or are they actually instigating? Right. And then and then the idea of there being this ex, like very complex, decentralized organization and the guy that seemingly runs 
the cell, the New Orleans cell of it, uh, where they don't ask for any money from Cage. You right. know, all they ask for is the fa- the the future favor that he'll have. Right, that's the exchange. Right. They don't so, want money. They it, it just in the future they will call on him to do something. Right, and then and then what? Uh, where's the money coming from to run this organization? Right. How does Guy Pierce have so much extra time to to <laughs> you know to like run it? Right, not and not just him, but there's like so many people who are part of it who are using their time to menace people and stalk people and keep tabs on people. So there's a lot of people. And yeah, like you said, like Guy Pierce is the head of the New Orleans chapter, but there's higher ups above him that they t- mentioned. So I don't know. So it, it gets, it gets revealed that like this, it's, I, it, I mean, it seems like an volunteer thing because yeah. people talk about it. Like a bunch of us got together and we were right. tired of, you know, so, so basically Guy Pierce, like six months later, his wife's recovered. And then Guy Pierce calls cage and tells him basically he calls cage six months later he sends him on a series of of like red herring errands that are that raise the tension because you're not sure exactly why cage is doing these things or following these people he gives him a letter to mail to santa claus at the mailbox at the zoo so like a guy bumps into him and then picks up a manila envelope and hands it to cage says oh you dropped this and then that has info in it of Mm -hmm. like cage's next you know, thing that he has to do. It's sort of like a, I, I, I likened it to the game. Yeah. You know, in the sense that there are these strangers that are pushing these kinds of like false options on, on a guy and backing him into a corner to the point where he has no choice, but to do these things that he's being asked to do, even though he doesn't want to do them. After you mentioned the game too, I just kept imagining if this movie ended like the game. Right, right. <laughs> just Not to spoil that movie. January but. Jones was in on it the whole yeah, time. And she's like, like, surprise! surprise! <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just like a big escape room or something. <laughs> but, but anyway. Anyway, eventually Cage gets asked to push someone to push a child molester uh, over a railing into traffic and they'll make it seem like a suicide. Right. So Cage grapples with this idea. Does he want to do it? He says no. Eventually they threaten his wife. So then he has to do it. Yep. Sorry, I'm kind of breezing. No, this, please, like, breeze. I, there's, a, there's a lot going on in each individual set piece that yes. is kind of unnecessary to the general plot. So I just want to get like the basics right. out of the way. Well, and also there's just like a lot of like – you, you were talking about, um, yeah, all these scenes of people walking and talking and like, and you mentioned when we were watching it that you're like, that's probably how this would be like how, how this, like part of what works about the movie is that like, um, a, a lot of, uh, just what this the kind of situation with the, some secretive, you know, group contacting you and forcing you to do stuff would just be all these stressful, like logistical little things of like, yes, yeah, someone passes you a message and you need to parse the message and then you need to go do another thing, like something small that leads to it. It's all like, and I think this movie smartly focuses on the process of that stuff. Like it's not it's not like thrill a minute at all, no. but, um, but it's interesting. Like I, um, the, I watched, uh, this movie dragged across concrete, um, that is blowing up, uh, a bunch of MAGA people's brains on, um, the internet 
uh, is directed by this filmmaker who I like, who I'm now discovering is like a, also maybe a MAGA person. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. But it's so it's like a he just made a movie that's like his <laughs> opus with Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson as oh, as racist oh, cops wow, yeah. who are like. Uh, bad but also like uncalled out on their racism and people are going crazy about it but, but most of what that movie is is like those guys like walking around like eating sandwiches and like you know sitting in cars waiting for people and talking and like and it got me thinking about just what what is like that a lot of I guess thrillers any movie that's aimed at the audience that this movie is aimed at like uh, dad's going to a red box and just being like oh Nick Cage cool <laughs> you know like I think they're smart to focus on the procedural because that's that is what that is what's interesting about that that's what those red box dads want honestly is just to watch like a movie like this and be like i wouldn't do that there or like oh yeah that's i know that kind of car or gun like oh, cool right. yeah right and so i don't know the fact that this movie was just process after process after process without like any real character development or like meaningful like i think emotional arc uh, kind of was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's and I think to expect more than that from this movie is missing the point. Definitely. Um. Anyway. But so, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So so Cage, uh, so Cage does it right. He confronts he, the the pedophile. He, he confronts the pedophile, pushes him over the railing, and then kind of. Well, kind the pedophile of, yeah. has a bike has a bike with him, and he throws his bike at, at Cage. Cage when Cage turns um, around to come after him while they're walking on this walkway over right. the freeway and he's like, wait I just want to talk to you and then he and then the guy comes at him he grapples with him and then the, and then and then the guy, the guy basically falls, falls off. off because yeah. he's fighting with Cage so you get the sense that Cage didn't want he he came here to talk to the guy and he right. didn't actually want to do it and also it went messy and you don't know why yeah so anyway regardless Cage does it and then he gets taken in by the cops. They come to his house and they say, you're wanted for the murder of a, of a New Orleans Post reporter. Right. Uh, and then they take him to the station. You find out there that the guy he killed was not the guy that they told him he was. He was not uh, a criminal. He was not a child molester. He did not even have the same name that they told him. He was actually a New Orleans reporter. And then you find out that this the reason they had him killed was because he was getting too close to the organization. Yeah, he's investigating. He was doing some it. investigative reporting that was getting him too close to the organization. Now, this is a point in the movie where it goes completely off the rails yeah. and it becomes something way more than I thought it was going right, to be before this. I knew I knew that it was going to be it, like the that we, there was going to be some sort of just revenge story of of Cage getting sucked into the like all of that stuff up to this point was like pretty boilerplate. Not that this, the rest of what happens is like groundbreaking, but it definitely adds these like complicated layers and it, and it strung me along too. I was, we were like, oh shit. Yeah, you know? definitely. Because be, there's a number of reveals that right. happen, which aren't catastrophic in and of themselves, but the bigger picture that they reveal, you know, I mean, it, it turns the movie into something. I, yeah. I, I would say the second half of the movie greatly redeemed the first I half. I think so too. And I don't say that very often about movies because usually, especially movies like this with like a, with a very dark, like twisted central yeah. conceit, the execution, like 
it's all about execution and then yeah. and then the ending and the wrapping up of it like greatly fails because right. they just don't know where to take it. Yeah. But I feel like this movie was kind of the opposite of that. It was pretty good. I I it still ended on kind of like a they were like, well, you know, you get it. <laughs> you know, but like because I mean, just to fast forward without just like going through every like reveal, it's just you know, Cage just gets closer and closer and we just see that this organization touches all, you know, it touches his Men, friends. Like and, all fa- and, fa- like facets of life, right? Right, that there's just the this like cabal of men uh, who, I assume it's all men. It seems, it mean, seems to be. Because um, again, there's no, no other women, like yeah. principal character that's a female in the movie except January Jones. Right, so. and and they've, they've you know, formed a group based on the idea that uh, vigilante justice needs to be meted out and they will, they can, will do it either themselves or by pressuring people. I mean, that's, what's kind of fascinating right. too is like, right, is that they kind of induct people into it by just getting them wrapped up in like, you want vigilante justice done. We'll do it for you if you become a vigilante. Right. And, and then, and then, you know, then it becomes like, well, if you're willing to threaten and kill his wife in order to get him to agree to do it, are you any better than the people that you're trying yeah. to stop? You know? Yeah. It's, it's cool. And, and it, yeah. So, uh, but uh, there, there were a few set pieces that I feel like deserve to be shouted out. Like the first, when my brain really started to switch over to, I was like, is this movie actually a good movie? Was uh, that freeway chase. Like there's a yeah. whole foot chase uh, that starts on like a freeway on-ramp, which I don't know. There's something, I appreciate when a movie finds, uh, when an action movie uses a space that is so like recognizable and, and, you know, sort of that we just glaze over and they use the structure of that space in a way to enhance like an, an action scene. And this movie did that. Like it's weird. It's shot in the day and this really like drab lighting, everything's kind of washed out and like just Brown, but like cage ends up climbing down the, like, uh, the pillar of the, like it's, it, and, and then having to run across rush hour traffic or not rush hour, but like these like speeding cars yeah. and this dude ends up getting fucking hit by a truck and, and then dragged, dragged, which is intense. It was super intense. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah. And it was, it's cool. It's, it's like a cool action scene because all the action that's happening in it is kind of sloppy and like, you know, like nobody it does look like a real guy that just that, was that, running right, on the freeway just running away from people with guns. It, you know it, what I mean? Like it's, it's not, it's not a super polished action sequence. No, like, it, it's not, it's not like John Woo. It's like anti John Woo of like, it's not balletic. Like people are just like stumbling around and kind of like trying to hide behind stuff, you know, yeah. like climbing over, like struggling to climb over fences and things. It's like, cool. Uh, uh, the other cool one was when he was in the Escalade and the cops were after him and he stopped <laughs> at the train yeah. and then turned around and basically played chicken with the cop car yes, until, yes. until they swerved out of the way. And then the whole roof of the cop car. Yeah. The car gets yeah. scalped yeah. by a tree. Yeah. I, I do. I mean uh, that where it was really bonkers was when he stole an Escalade. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was tight. Um, uh, and then the, and, and, and used the 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 Escalade has a DVD player. Yeah, in right. It. <laughs> he uses to go through the evidence that the uh, journalist was collecting. I was we were like that is just the, the most 2011 thing is uh, having the big information reveal on One. a DVD player in an Escalade. <laughs> it wouldn't happen in 2013. Nope. And then the last climactic battle with in in the in the abandoned mall. Well, and it fir- it starts at the Superdome at a monster truck rally, and then they move to an abandoned mall. Both of which is just very mwah. good, very good. Like I was that whole last part. Yes, I agree. The ending was just sort of like, oh, everyone gets shot, and there's the button. Like yep. it was a very artificial, yeah. quick wrap up. Right, but because where do they go with right. it? Right, what mean, do you do? Where to go. There's and, no good closure. You know, you don't have to go anywhere. No. That's the end of the story. That's what we were expect. That's kind of how I was expecting it to end. Right. So and there's a standoff with Cage and Guy Pierce uh, and his whole like crony of you know, I don't know, guys in gray suits yeah. that were also vigilantes. <laughs> weird, weird bald men. <laughs> There's so so many bald menacing bald men, and uh, and then Cage's friend, who it's revealed has has been a part of, I think probably set up the whole thing from the start. Yeah, because uh, his wife got raped, and he's like, oh, seeking justice is what we do. Um, I'll send that human thumb in there, uh, <laughs> thumb in a suit to go uh, talk to Cage. He was totally Guy <laughs> Pierce looked like a giant thumb. <laughs> but uh, so there's a big shootout. And, uh, and then at the end, you know, they, the, all, all the charges get dropped that the, of, you know, cause over the course of this thing happening, Cage becomes a wanted man thanks to the machinations of the group. And, uh, but his life gets back on track and he takes the, um, all the evidence that the journalist had been compiling on another DVD to uh, the newspaper where he worked and hands it to another guy, another menacing bald guy who works there and uh, then quickly realizes that that guy's part of the group and that it was all for nothing and that uh, he actually lives in a secret authoritarian uh, (laughs) state. Um, And that's the end. But it ends very much like, here's the thing. The guy's like, I'm actually part of the group. He's like, oh, Oh, okay. Whoops. Uh, oops. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, seeking justice. Like the only thing that they could have done to to make it more of uh, to really drill in that kind of ending would be if it had at the end the title comes up the end with a question mark. <laughs> you know, it's like like are they gonna like are they gonna just like you know get destroy the evidence and then like let Nick Cage like live his life or are they gonna continue are, are or are they gonna really be like wow this guy's gonna be a problem we have to take him out now. Didn't, you know didn't season of the witch end with like a funny title card? Am I imagining yeah, I that? I don't know. Or to Drive Angry? Maybe they both well, did. No. I feel like they're both the kind of movies that could have ended with a funny yeah. title card. But not funny enough for us to no, remember. No, definitely not. Um, I can't believe we haven't mentioned yet that the code word and maybe <laughs> the group, the, the group's name is The Hungry Rabbit Jumps, which was actually the original name of this movie. That makes uh, which sense. Which I know you yeah. believe, which would have been a really weird thing to market. Yeah. And it would have been so even more distracting than when Guy Pierce says seeking justice in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is another movie uh, that enters the echelon of films in which the character says the title <laughs> in a line. Uh, 
Thank you, Guy Pierce. I took a video of it, so I'll post yeah. it to the Instagram yes. if anyone's interested. Just a movie called The Hungry Rabbit Jumps, where like so many characters say the Constantly, hungry rabbit jumps like, all the time to each other. Um, and what is that? What is it supposed to stand for? It's a uh, humanity, reason, justice. Yeah. <laughs> Because, Dave, it is not what a lawyer tells me I can do. It is what humanity, reason, and justice tell me I ought to do. Mm. Yeah, Which is a, 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 a weird catchphrase and, and almost tries to spin, like, the horrible things that these guys do as some, somehow poetic. Well, or, or, and that's, that's why this movie is kind of cool, because it sounds like a guy on a message board. Right. Like, that sounds like somebody fucking writing in the comments section under, like, Yahoo News. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, this is a believable conceit even though it's in, it's like super crazy like yeah. like because this is the kind of stuff where if it had happened a couple years later the plot like the the plot would have taken place on the dark web yeah it would you know have just I mean? all been on the internet right but instead uh people just have like dvds that they play in escalates dvds <laughs> and uh like what it's not a it's what it's like little motorola's and oh like yeah the palm pilot yeah, it was like a palm pilot the kid writes fuck you on the palm pilot like one of cage's <laughs> students he's like hey put that away in the middle of class and he, goes he takes up out take the it stylus yeah yeah he goes up to take it away from the kid and the kid just pulls the stylus out and writes fuck you and then hands it to cage like boss ass like i really liked to this scene like it's weird and out of character, but so Cage is hiding out in the school at night, trying to plan his next move and researching uh, the journalist on the internet and uh, his students, the student who uh, wrote fuck you and who Cage got in trouble for clocking earlier. And when uh, he just got provoked by him, um, fucking the, he, he sees them in the hallways, like just doing graffiti doing crimes <laughs> and instead of just like not engaging with them because he's wanted by the police, he instead is like, Hey, yeah, I'm hiding out here. They're like, didn't you, didn't the cops come for you? He's like, yeah, for murder. Anyway, I won't tell them that you're here if you don't tell them I'm here. <laughs> it's like, you didn't need to do that. It's just, <laughs> You could have stayed hidden in the computer lab and just like not and not had to interact with them at all. Unnecessary instead, flex just to show. <laughs> it, it it's like he really wants that Palm Pilot kid to think he's cool. <laughs> Super, very, very weird flex. Very weird flex. Why? You didn't have to do you that. You didn't have to. It may look like I just smeared chocolate all over my face and it grew hair, but I'm actually a murderer. All right. Anything else? No. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we covered it pretty good. I mean, because again, it's the sort of movie where so many like little things add up and the tension and like the sequencing of it is more about the experience yeah. of watching it than anything we could like describe in a in a plot. I mean, if if I was really just going to go full on and you know, write the medium post about how this movie is actually super woke, uh and I bring up that like his wife his wife ends up being the one who to actually distributes like, yeah. justice. She right. puts a bullet through Guy Pierce because she like when Nick Cage was being like uh no no guns in this house she like went and learned how to shoot but again like like what you were saying like this movie isn't quite 
smart enough or good enough for those themes to like, you know, to really, right. I, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the movie really is, like you said, just kind of the experience of, of watching them do it. And which now that we've spoiled it, you probably don't even want to do. I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it, <sighs> It's good to like put on. Yeah. Like, and the thing is I have, I have a hard time recommending it Yeah, because it's not a fun watch no, necessarily, no, it, no. It, you know, but it is the kind of thing. It's underrated. Yeah. Right. And I just feel like, you know, people should know. Yeah. Um, I think next, no, we're, we're watching Ghost Rider. Spirit of Spirit Vengeance. Of Vengeance. Oh, next. really? I thought Trespass it might be was Trespass. Next. Yeah, I, it, yeah, it's Trespass. Okay, it's Trespass, and then it's and then it's Spirit of Vengeance. I have a feeling that Trespass is not going to no, be dude, underrated. I've I've read I've read up a little bit about it, and um, I found I found a, some like you were talking about last week. Uh, I found a little bit about Nicole Kidman speaking on oh. how she wishes that she hadn't done it. Wow. Uh, I mean, she doesn't say that, but in but, so yeah. many words, she's like, you know, I'm not sure that was a great choice. <laughs> it was me bottoming um, out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Hopefully it's an interesting train wreck instead of just a boring just a slog. Bad, yeah. yeah. I'm um, just hoping I can find it. So we don't have to, I, I don't have to pay money. any yeah. money for it. I know it was only $2, but I still feel like I, that was $2 I shouldn't have spent. Um, it feels like an injustice. Yeah. <laughs> it almost feels like I should seek justice <laughs> for having to pay for it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, since, since we got that out of the way, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping yes. because since the last episode we recorded, oh. Cage has gone through a whirlwind yeah. four-day marriage Thank in Vegas. You. Uh, and I feel like we need to touch on that because though we are cinematically many years behind, right. we do still have to keep up with, up with with related modern day Cage, Cage news. Yeah. yeah. So did you, were, I, were you I, following I'm, I'm not as familiar with what, what went on. I don't actually know who the woman was or like what their, their story was. So her name is Erica Koike, I think is how you pronounce it. K-O-I-K-E. I'm not sure how you say it, but she is a, uh, she's a makeup artist that Cage met on set. Huh. Um, and it seems like they were, they weren't like. I don't think we're trying to keep it secret, but it's just that like the, the press didn't really know about the uh -huh. relationship um, until... Is she younger than him? Yes, much younger. Okay. Uh, at least 15 or 20 years younger. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have an exact age, but I can I can gauge from looking at them that she's a lot younger than him. Um, and, uh, and anyway, so basically there was cell phone footage that turned up of Cage in Vegas with her trying very drunkenly and loudly and messily trying to obtain a marriage license uh in in vegas whoa yeah he so, was pushing for it yeah and it's he was very much pushing for it. and it's interesting because in the video she actually says something to the effect of baby you don't have to do this we don't have to do this right now whoa. but cage is very intoxicated and he's pushing it so he gets the marriage license and then a couple uh four days later the news hits that he had it annulled um, and there's not really any more information about why or, or, you know, he hasn't remember, gone public with a statement about it or anything. But. I feel like I read something about her, him saying something about that there was not something disclosed about her being involved with somebody else maybe. Oh, interesting. I didn't hear that part of it. Yeah, but it was super vague. Yeah, God, she looks like she's like 25 or something. This picture, it's insane. 
Also, wait, what is that jacket that he's exactly. wearing? Exactly. That's what is incredible. That that's this an is, insane, is, like, dinner, like, lounge lizard jacket. He's wearing, a, a like, a snow leopard print. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, he's got the, and he's got the, like, slip-on loafers. Oh, my God. Yo. She's got silver pants. This look, though. Wow. Wow. It's <laughs> strong. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that, that shit. I mean, he's a free man, though. Now he's a free agent still. So, ladies. I mean, I feel like you know he 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 was with his his uh, ex wife for a good number of years before they divorced. Not even two years ago. Yeah, you know. So I it, I, I feel like it's a quick. Uh, and they had a kid. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it's, that was a a bit of a quick turnaround. I, obviously, I don't know what's going on in his personal life t- to judge that, but seems like uh, you know, Dave, who who hasn't been there, you know, drunk yeah. in Vegas. Hey, let's get married. Yeah. No, it's it's tempting, and uh, I'd like to think, given Cage's history and uh, relationship to the cultural, um, you know, specter of Elvis, that he <laughs> that they were married by an Elvis impersonator in Vegas. Uh, I don't think that's the case, but in Do my you, own head, I wonder if he's still a Vegas fan or uh, Elvis fan after uh, Lisa Marie. Cause oh yeah. I forgot about that. Were they married or was no? No, they, they weren't married. Dating. I think they just were together for a while. Yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind. The thing about Cage though is he's a romantic. Mm-hmm. I I we know this. I mean, remember when he was uh, proposing to uh, women? He oh, who was it? Who was the famous girl when he was first starting out? And he <laughs> he like spray painted a flower black oh, and right. like gave it to her on yeah. a motorcycle. <laughs> Shit. And then I, I know he met his last wife um, when she was like at a, serving at a Japanese restaurant, I think. And I think he, he I think he's big on like, you know, love at first sight. And uh, so I hope it works out for him. Yeah. I hope he finds someone. Well, on that note. All right. Uh, thanks. See this you next been, time. Yeah, Heat Seeking Panther. Please subscribe. Yes. Uh, rate. rate. This all us. helps us. Rate it well. Yeah, it please good. follow please. us on Instagram at Heat Seeking Panther, all one word. And tell your friends. Yeah, please, please, know. please tell your friends. Email us, Heat Seeking Panther at Gmail. Yeah. We check it sometimes. We do. Um, um, and next week, I guess, yeah. tr- or Trespass is the next one. Trespass. Uh, let's let's find out what Nick, Nicole Kidman's rock bottom looks like. <laughs> <laughs> See you then.